1: I'm your host, Victor Marks. I'm really excited about today's episode. My guest is Sarah Jane Vegas. Sarah's a survivor of human sex trafficking from France. Literally, her story is the closest thing that I've seen to the movie Taken in so many ways. Now, after going through her own journey of healing, she's developed a heart to see other victims in the sexual industry be set free. She is founder of Stand for Justice, This is a nonprofit that exists to inspire and lead a movement of committed people around the world who will stand against sexual exploitation, expose the lies of the industry, and reach out to anyone who is trapped in it. If you want to find out more, just look her up at StandForJustice.org. That's Stand, the number four, Justice.org. I guarantee you, you're going to be touched by Sarah's story and encouraged to act as well. Now, let's get to my conversation now with Sarah Jane Vegas on today's edition of The Victor Mark Show. Now, for those listening and watching, uh, we're, we're going to talk about your background, uh, what you're involved in, and, and even uh, there's talks about a, a future movie on your life story and what you do. But I detect an accent.
2: Yes, I'm from France. France. I was born and raised in France. I moved to America eight years ago as a missionary against sex trafficking.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. So you came from France to Vegas to to work as a missionary.
2: Against sex trafficking. Against
1: sex trafficking. Not
2: speaking a word of English, no money. No (laughs) kidding. Two suitcases, that's it.
1: Holy smokes.
2: Didn't know anyone.
1: Uh, That's rare. I mean, (laughs) how many people come to the U.S. to be missionaries? But that shows you. Uh, we have a need and especially in this area of sex trafficking now before we get into that tell me about this weekend what what impacted you about it
2: so as a survivor of human trafficking myself I, I had a lot of healing and counseling and you know my life has been restored in ways I didn't even know was possible mm-hmm. and um, also in the work I do I'm in the front line I go into brothels, strip clubs I meet girls that are being trafficked people that are being exploited i meet uh you know sometimes underage girls i meet uh sometimes pimps and i and yeah. um i really realized that even though i had a lot of healing i still sometimes have ptsd or things that really scare me and uh, obviously because of all the abuse i experienced as a child and when i was being trafficked so when i had the opportunity to be like hey let's face your fear and and let's just go forward and in training myself um, in a safe environment, yeah. uh, that was the big thing for me. I, like, I needed a safe environment with people that know exactly what they do, but also that are educated in trauma. Yeah. So you could see, like, okay, I'm being triggered right now. She needs to breathe, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and also knowing that you're a safe man and yeah. you will not touch me in a way that could, like, trigger me. Um mm-hmm. So it was really a lot of healing. Like, I need to be able to fight back if something happened. Right. Or if I know in the future I will be put in
0: situation yeah, when yeah. I have
2: to learn how to defend myself or the victims that we're trying to help. Right. Uh, and not that I want to kill someone, but I want to make sure I can stop them from hurting anyone. Right.
1: Inherently, the risk mm-hmm. is there it's for the there. type of work that you do. And, and we do working counter-sex trafficking, So, when we, so people who are watching or listening can understand, we did put you in positions of uncomfortableness through jujitsu training, Mm -hmm. on the ground, mat work, we did blade work, Mm -hmm. edge weapons, Uh, you did some shooting.
2: I did some shooting. I can't believe I did, but I did.
1: (laughs) And, hey, this is, you just got to hear me out. For someone who would be like, ah, you were the best shooter (laughs) In your group, which we were just like, holy smokes.
2: (laughs) I guess it's because I was so scared that I just had to
1: do it well. (laughs) I I love it. And that's a surprise. Most people who are terrified about (laughs) facing certain aspects in the right environment, Mm -hmm. we really, what we do is we just, we channel that courage that's Mm -hmm. already in you. Because there's no way you don't have courage because of how what you survived, Mm -hmm. what you went through and the courage to do what you do mm-hmm. i mean as a christian you're saying i'm gonna go and mm-hmm. help those in las vegas which is you know
2: mm-hmm. in uh, california too in,
1: in, and uh, Lyman, Tulsa. Yeah. other places <laughs> mm-hmm. so anyway with it's great because our instructors and our staff and our team here uh you had the privilege of working with former delta operators mm-hmm. uh Full Delta operators, yeah. um, male and female, mm-hmm. and, and of course, the, the rest of our team, and then surrounded with a group of people wanting to do the same thing. So let's let our audience get a little bit more familiar with your past. You talked about childhood abuse mm-hmm. that ultimately led into being sex trafficked yes. in, in Europe. Yes. Tell us about that.
2: So it's a long story, so I will have to do it short, yeah. but... Um, I was born and raised in France, and um, I didn't grow up with my father, but the man that was with my mom when she was pregnant of me was very violent and abusive and a drug dealer, so he used to beat her up with me in her womb to try to kill me because he was not the dad Mm -hmm. and uh, abused her when I was in the womb, and people were telling her, like, just uh, get an abortion, like, don't, you know, she already had two children that were older and she said they were telling her just don't keep that child but my mom experienced god mm. uh, so my mom is like from uh, north africa and uh, so she was raised by a muslim family but they were not really practicing when they got what to country France. tunisia tunisia and Kabylia yeah and you know
1: tunisia yeah,
2: yeah. and in my ancestor i'm from like big mix but middle east and uh, north africa is part of it too so um, she searched God all her life, but yeah. she couldn't find him in Islam. She couldn't find him in any other religion that she tries. But when she got pregnant of me, she experienced Jesus as her savior. Yeah. That changed her life. And it's what protecting me from the man that he was playing like the roulette, um, Russian roulette on her. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, trying to kill her and stuff. So I experienced everything right being in her womb. Mm -hmm. I was not born yet. Um, But God protect me when I was born. He was still there, but he um, he was playing and putting me in a bottle of the table and doing like he was going to make me fall to scare my mom. Mm But he ended up getting into jail, and my mom got saved.
1: Thank goodness for jail.
2: (laughs) Yes. And then, uh, um, so I grew up Christian because now my mom is loving God, and um, we have Bible studies every night, and I'm learning about Jesus. But at the age of five, um, someone from my family that is uh, schizophrenic, um, we were playing in, uh, in the house, and we let him come in. But we were not allowed to. My mom was at a prior meeting. And uh, the nanny was next door, so she didn't uh, left us alone. Mm. But we were not allowed to open the door, but we saw someone for the family. So we're like, it's family. We can just open the door. We were very young. And uh, not knowing it was schizophrenic, we were playing. And out of nowhere, grabbed me on the bed and struggled me. Mm. And uh, my brother came right on time to save my life. But what happened, the reason why I'm sharing that story is because when my mom came back, she was really like upset, obviously, you know, but not upset at me. But the thing is that I really felt in uh, my heart like I did something wrong because my mom was upset. Of course. She's not upset at me, but it's how the brain works. I'm a five-year-old young girl. I let, we opened the door. I should not have opened the door. Something bad happened.
1: And most children who can't process Mm -hmm. rationally and logically when trauma happens, Mm The only way they can kind of accept it is something, I wrong did wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Either something is wrong with me or so I did common. something wrong. And so when I got sexual abuse for the first time at the age of six and then exposed to pornography and other abuse that happened after, I didn't talk. Mm-hmm. I stayed quiet because I felt like if I say something, that's, that must be my fault, like something is wrong with me and the fear of it's my words against someone that abused me. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to like shut it off my brain like and just not talk about it and try to numb it. Um, so I um, was going to school, a very good student at school. Um, there's also traumatic things that happen, but we don't have enough time for me to share. Um, but yeah, really good student on top of my classes all the time, playing basketball, singing and dancing in musical plays. Like really good kid going to church every weekend. Um, at the age of 12, I heard someone that... Was sharing about opening centers and houses for women and prostitution and gang members, and God told me it's your calling. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because I didn't know what a gang were, like member right. was. I didn't know about prostitution like it's, but I felt like it was my calling. But the enemy just really didn't want me to go into it, so he when you attacked say
1: me. Enemy. Who, who are you speaking the of? The devil. like The devil. Yeah. So you believe in evil?
2: Yeah. I believe in evil. I mean, how can you not in this world? <laughs> it's like pretty, evident. particularly now, yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like it was everything coming against me. Um, and I had this d- desire to be loved like every young girl of, mm. I mean we all watch Disney movies and you watch like all the things the culture is teaching you a woman. It's a man to be safe. Yes. You know, or you need a man to be loved or to be significant. Right. So I believe that to get out of like the pain, I was feeling all the things that I was experiencing. I needed, I needed a man right. and I didn't have my father. Yeah. So I met a guy at church that uh, was studying to become a police officer, like military police, gendarmerie in French. We say, um, so, and uh, we trusted. He's older than me, but we trusted. Like, you're um, in all those things, um, so he mm. must be a good man.
1: And that represented protection, mm-hmm. provision. Yeah. Everything a young girl. Yeah, is looking desires, for. desires, right?
2: Yeah. And he goes to church. Oh, so, there you go. So, yeah, went out with him. He ended up being abusive and jealous. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of jealousy, completely controlling me. Like, being very sexually violent with me. Like, uh. Uh, just messed up for four years. Um I don't have enough time to share the details, yeah. but it really like was abusive. I was scared of him. But it's like it really is like that abuse that experience. He was not a pimp, but he taught me how to be submitted to a man and fear. Like um he broke you. He broke me.
1: So well, let's pause right there because in America and anywhere around the world, but let's say America, there are many girls that go to church mm-hmm. and they're told Hey, find a good Christian man, mm-hmm. and they're safe. Mm-hmm. But we know the reality that some guys who are the nicest, kindest—you know—represent protection end up being monsters, mm-hmm. uh, and they prey on young girls and women at church. Mm-hmm. So we would caution the listeners yes. and the audience to to understand: you have to be very discerning. Mm-hmm. And it's not what people are labeled. Yeah. I'm a Christian mm-hmm. or, I'm a ple- or whatever. It's their character.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Find out who their character is. Because once you get caught up, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to break free of that. Yes, yeah. Because it's affected your mind and heart, right?
2: And I also grew up very legalistic church from a very legalistic church. Right. so. For me, I messed up. I dated someone I was not supposed to. Then, and then we had sex before marriage. So in my mind, I destroyed my calling.
1: Okay. God hates me. Okay. And all
2: that's happening, it's my fault. I disobeyed to God, and I'm under judgment.
1: Being (sighs) isolated right there in your mind by the enemy.
2: Completely. And it was all lies, but I didn't know those lies. (laughs) That was lies. So it's, and then we ended up stopping going, uh, we we stopped uh, church. Uh, We're not going anymore. I left my mom's house because obviously I'm not going to church anymore. We were fighting. Um... I was a very good student, like very, very good student. And out of nowhere, all my grades are falling. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I lost 30 pounds in two months. Uh, I have anorexia; I can't keep water in. Uh, I'm passing out at school. How old are you at this time? 14 when I started dating him.
1: 14. Mm -hmm. And how old was he? He was 18. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. And so um, big signs like red flags and nobody.
1: Nobody got it.
2: Nobody got it. And so... um, I could have been saved from trafficking there. Like I would not have fallen into trafficking. I needed to be safe from domestic violence, you know. But nobody saw it. So, you know, a a teenager, people are like, "Oh, she's just having a teenager phase." Like they don't see the sign. And I'm not judging them. They're just not educated. And it's also why I'm speaking out now because I want people to watch it to be like, "Wait, I know a girl that is going through that," and you will be able to recognize them and recognize them. Yeah. So
1: especially in the Christian community, mm -hmm. because if people fall out of our graces because they're having behaviors that aren't typically Christians who are legalistic, mm-hmm. won't reach out, no. won't try to mm-hmm. catch them and help them and say, what's going on? They'll just say, you need to do better. Yeah. Or you're not a good Christian. Yeah. We, we call it Behavior modification Mm -hmm. by somebody's standards, but not by the love and the power of God's spirit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When we go in now, so I go back to like in the brothel industry clubs and I meet hundreds of girls all the time. Like I go back because a lot of them, when they find out we are questions, they're scared at first. They're like, Oh no, you're coming to tell me I'm going to hell. Right. Like it, because Christians do that, not even realizing that most of them are completely trapped in that life. So, they don't even want to be there. And now you tell me that I'm being trafficked, there's someone who has my kids at home, okay? If I don't do what he wants, he's going to hurt me and my kids, yeah. okay? I'm trapped here, and now you tell me that God hates me because of it. Where is she going to go? Where? Nowhere. I tried to commit suicide so many times because I felt like my only way out from the pain I was feeling was to kill myself. I didn't think Jesus still loved me. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I deserved it. And I was a complete lie. Like, it's why mm-hmm. we go back and we tell them, like, God loves you no matter what. God loves everybody. Because so you know yeah.
1: God loves you now.
2: Mm-hmm. I know now. like.
1: And you share that love with others, yeah. don't you?
2: I can continue my life doing like if I don't know what's happening yeah. and letting them still believe those lies. I want to go back. I don't care if it's putting my life at risk. I just mm-hmm. want to go back. I want them to have a chance to, to run away too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love your heart. And we're thankful that God still saves, redeems, pulls out. Mm -hmm. Hey, folks, you're talking about a a Christian girl Mm -hmm. that was caught up in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, From uh, abuse as a child to domestic violence, isolation, then moved her toward trafficking. Tell us about that.
2: So my neighbors were uh, two guys um, Mm -hmm. that were strippers, and so I had started uh, tr- uh, working in a life, nightlife, sorry, Max, accent, yeah. uh, with my boyfriend because he got fired from the school uh, because he, he got caught uh, drunk. So he got fired from the um, police. police academy, yeah, I okay. can yeah. Uh And so he started working with his brother at a cabaret. And so we needed money because we had nothing. So I started working there, but I was not a dancer or anything like that. This but is I, a
1: nightclub, night a cabaret. Mm-hmm.
2: And so he started like uh, taking drugs and stuff like that. And I started mm-hmm. taking some cocaine too because of, I tried to numb what it was doing right. to me. And um, so my neighbors were like, hey, we know that you're a dancer. Like we know that you love dancing and, and you're beautiful and we know a way for you to make money. They heard the screams, like, you know, they were right next door. They were my neighbors. So they knew, like, things were not going well in the house. So they exploited the vulnerability in me.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: And told me, like, hey, we can take you to Belgium when it works in the weekend and you can dance as a stripper. And then, you know, maybe you can find a way out like that. So Mm. I started dancing. And you know, the cultures glorify like dancing and like the beautiful girls in, uh, I remember watching the music videos of that girl with the red dress that looks all beautiful in the middle and empowered and... Um, I was like, oh, maybe I can be that girl. And I'm mm. 17 and a half at the time and I'm like, oh, way out. I can, I remember hiding my money in my uh, jewelry box going back home uh, hoping I would have enough to get out of my uh, abusive relationship. Mm. What I didn't know is that those guys were uh, part of a trafficking ring and uh, when they brought me into that strip club is when I got connected with all those traffickers that groomed me. Mm. Um, and it's a long story so I'm trying to see what I can no, share but yeah. it's, um, I started dancing there and a guy so they were all, like, the leaders there were all connected from uh, a trafficking ring from um, the north of France, maybe further, but I know no north of France, uh, Belgium, and Italy. Mm. And so um, what they did, it was that empowering moment when you're just dancing, you're making money. Yeah. I always say, like, it's the time of, like, sparkle and champagne, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you used to be exploited, and, yeah. and your sexuality being taken away from you, your body, and then for a moment, you feel like, I'm in power, I'm, I'm empowered have my body i'm getting something out of it like even though and i don't have to have sex i'm just on stage nobody's touching me so i kind of enjoyed it for a little bit like it was that uh honeymoon period that a lot of girls go through um that isn't still for a long Mm. time but i had that moment um and i met a guy that said it worked for um he had a model agency
1: Okay, model agency? and two
2: magazines and stuff. And he loved me. He wanted to take care of me. Next was, step. So I'm like, I can run away with him. Mm. Okay. So I uh, started dating him. I escaped from my boyfriend. I was so scared of him to tell you like the control he had over me. I only took a bag, left everything else, mm-hmm. uh, left my dog, left uh, mm. my, like my mm. I had to go like, and um, what I didn't know is he was in money laundry, he was in drug trafficking, and I found out because of the police caught him for a thing. So I was interviewed, and I'm like, I can't believe that I end up in this when I was trying to get out of this kind of things. I never wanted, to, I've always been someone that wants to help people, that has a smart woman that wants to do great things, not this. Like, um, and so I, one of the girls that worked at the club that now I know was a victim of trafficking that now was recruiting girls, uh, I didn't know at the time, um, she was older than me, looked empowered. She said, hey, you can come to my house. I trusted it. I didn't know a woman kid could hurt mm-hmm.
1: you. Um, that's an interesting point because a lot of people listening to this or watching, they don't understand that they're female traffickers, mm-hmm. recruiters mm-hmm. Uh, who know how to break women. Yeah. And those of you watching and listening, listen, we've been doing this work for years. And we're giving you insight to what it looks like in Europe. And there are so many mm-hmm. organizations that say they're anti-trafficking or counter-trafficking, but you know mm-hmm. it's all talk for the most part. Yes. Very little do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just I hope people appreciate the insight that you're providing mm-hmm. and that we're giving right now. And that's one of the parts is the stereotype of it's just all men, mm-hmm. you know, with cigarettes and whiskey and tattoos. Yeah. Sometimes it's the most beautiful women.
2: Yeah, gorgeous blonde woman. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
1: who are smart and they captivate the mm-hmm. hearts of women, mm-hmm. young women, and then turn them into this. Yeah. Okay.
2: So in her house, I... Um I, she was bringing men, um, and I had to have sex with them and I never, I didn't know anything about sex trafficking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm used to be abused anyway. And so I, I was in her house. I have to, why am I going to go if I don't stay, if I don't do what they want, like what am I going to do? What I'm going to do? And I always say like, people don't understand, like, why did you not fight back when they were asking you to have sex?
1: What?
2: Well, I try to say no, you know, I do right. like I right. did, yeah. but, um, When you know, they're not going to stop. I was abused before as a child. I tried to say no. Nobody hurt me. Somehow my brain was reprogrammed in a way that if you say no and you know they will keep going, just get paralyzed, don't move, let them do whatever. Because if not, you're going to be hurt really badly. Mm. And anyway, you won't be able to get away from what's going on. So that was my choices in my mind. Do you want to go through that in pain? Or do you want to go through that by just numbing yourself and letting them do whatever?
1: How did it make you feel when your trafficker, this blonde woman, did she tell you, "Hey, I'm going to pay you a little money for each guy you have sex with," or was it, the, "Hey, you're staying in my house. I'm taking care of you. I have somebody coming over. Just kind of take care of them."
2: I think it's it was she was making money, but I couldn't see it at first. Right. Um, uh, she was dealing with the guys, mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of like I was so obedient because of how broken I was. You yeah. know that. She was just bringing the guys and the guys are there and she's doing it. So you have to do it. So it's like, she didn't need to tell me. She didn't like, they were right. showing me that, Hey, this is going to happen. Right. I'm here. Like right. you're there. And my only way out would have been to get away outside. Right. But where am I going to go? Right. You know? right. I, I didn't have anyone. And I live in her house. So yeah. I mean, I live in her house. Like, so in my mind, it's like, I have to do what she's asking me to do. Um, the only time I saw the money exchange is one day she said, Hey, I'm going to take you in a brothel. And uh, I didn't really know what a brothel was, but like she said, it's a house of prostitution. And I'm gonna take you there. I'm changing your name, so she called me Angie, mm. and it's what they do to help you, like dissociate.
1: D- yeah, dissociate. Yeah, yeah,
2: And um, and I followed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just followed because I was so broken that I didn't felt like I could say no. Yeah. Like I really couldn't. Like now, I, I in my mind, I'm like, wow, why did I not say no? But I knew my no would not be heard.
1: Yeah. In in the moment, again after you've suffered and been traumatized. Let me let me explain it to you this way. Mm-hmm. For someone who's been a car accident, just one car accident. Mm-hmm. Somebody hit you from behind or the side or you ram in do you know how you feel when you're when you get too close to a vehicle or you have to press on the brakes and your body tenses up and you, it this is a triggered response to what happened. So it's like a hundred times worse than that because it happens to your mind and your body. Uh, now let me talk to Let's give a perspective for the guys who use women or girls, right? Uh, So in their minds, for them to have sexual satisfaction, they're they're controlling, they're overpowering. But at any point, um, as a girl being used, was sex enjoyable? Did you like the men when you were telling them how good they were or or whatever, was any of it real to you?
2: absolutely not.
1: Did it disgust you?
2: Completely. Yeah.
1: yeah. But you couldn't let them know that, could no. you? So you got to let them know they're the great lover, they're the mm-hmm. great sex man, right?
2: You have to give them what they want.
1: Yes. And it is an act. It's a mm-hmm. show.
2: And it's why you change your name. Because then it's not Sarah Jane talking, it's Angie.
1: And Angie can be and mm-hmm. do whatever, whatever Angie. Whatever they want. Yeah. I'm going to be what you want me to be. Yeah. So I I hope some men listening can understand that, that it's a lie, Based upon a lie, mm-hmm. and um, in using someone for sexual gratification, it's not only wrong; it's evil. Mm-hmm. And God sees it, knows it, and your only hope is the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. But trust me, if you're doing it, or if you're tracking someone, we are very active in finding and pursuing justice. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're a weak Christian, a conservative, a liberal, an atheist, a Muslim. If you're caught in our crosshairs of hurting women and children, we're going to make you pay the price for that. Yeah. And do you think that's good? Is that appropriate?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, definitely.
1: But always still giving people the hope, the chance of Christ, because yeah. that's what redeemed you. That's what redeemed me. <laughs> But I just think we need to let people know justice and consequences are are no more natural. Uh, And if you play in that game, if you do that type of evil, beware.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.